So we're in this series, Authentic, and what it means to have an authentic relationship with God, what it means to have an authentic relationship with, with people that, that, tra- that change your life. And so we've been in this series, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, we're, we're headed, uh, and so we've been looking at the, the Beatitudes. And we've been looking at the Beatitudes were like the preamble, the intro into the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus taught, that there's, there's, there, there's a different way to live. In other words, that, that there's a different way that we should live our lives, that we should handle our our life, our relationships around us. And so every week we've been taking a, a beatitude and we've been just applying it to our life. And so, so this morning, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 is the beatitude we're going to look at today. And here's what the beatitude says. It says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So what a wonderful promise. It's this promise of, of, of reaping and sowing, that, that you reap what you sow. And if you sow mercy, you get mercy in return, forgiveness, forgiveness in return, joy, joy in return. And so it's this issue about reaping and, and sowing, but it's also this issue about what it means, what it means to, to show mercy, what it means to live out mercy. Uh, you know this, right? We, we live in a harsh world. We live in a harsh world and a judgmental world. And if you ever stumble and fall, then, then like your, your critics will come out. And, um, and, and so I, I want to talk to you this morning about what does it mean to show mercy? What does it mean to receive mercy in relationships? Because listen, friendships are not only what you can give, but what you can receive. And there's some of us that have, have trouble with that issue of receiving. That it's easier for us to give than it is to receive. But then there's others of us that it's easier for us to receive than it is for us to give. And so scripture talks, starts talking about this issue of relationships and friendships. And so, so I, I would like to just to ask you that as we walk through this, this message today, maybe you would think through how can I apply mercy in, in the situations that I'm in? Whether it's my marriage, whether it's, it's parenting, whether it's where I work whether it's relationships or whatever, how can I take this issue of mercy and how can I apply it in life? Because, see, mercy requires us to consider the needs and the feelings and the emotions of the people around us. That's what mercy requires. It it requires us to be aware of what's going on in other people's lives. Um, We're all pretty familiar with the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or, Or maybe we'll make it a little more contemporary and say, you know what, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And so that's the golden rule, right? And we, a lot of us have grown up with that. Just treat others the way that you want to be treated. Well, the mercy rule is a little bit deeper than that. The mercy rule is this. Treat others the way they want to be treated. Treat others in a way that meets their personality and their needs and their situations and where they're at. See, it's easy to treat others the way that we want to be treated, but that person, that person may not be wired the same way as you. That person may not process the same way as you. That pro- person may not communicate the same way as you. So all of a sudden, you get into these issues in Ephesians and marriage and some of these other issues to where you come to this place and you understand this issue of, of mercy is, is looking at relationships just a little bit differently. And so the world tells you, the world tells you right, that, 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 that the only way to succeed is look out for number one. It's all about me. If I don't look out for number one, if I don't look out for my rights, that nobody, nobody, nobody else is. And, and so, but Jesus taught there, there's a different way to live. There's a different way to, for happiness. There's a different way to be in authentic relationships in this issue of, of mercy. I've entitled this message Counterfeit because there is a counterfeit mercy that, that happens. A counterfeit mercy is this, is that when you're vulnerable and you're in need, I'm going I'm to use that opportunity uh, to manipulate you. 
I'm going to use that opportunity to control you. It may look a lot like mercy, but it is not mercy. It's a counterfeit mercy because really and truly it's not what I can give. It's what I can receive. It's how I can, can manipulate you. It's how I can control you. It's how I can use a situation that you're going through when you're in a vulnerable position to try to, try to change some things that, that, that are better for me. And so I want to give you four things this, this morning about this issue of, of how Christians uh, express mercy in our relationships. And the first one is this, it's generosity. It's generosity, in other words, being, being generous with, with our lives, being generous with our time, talent, and treasures, our relationships, the, the things that, that God gives us. It's this issue of generosity, maybe, maybe a part of it is, is finances and part of it is money, but, but it's really deeper than that. I mean, it's really seeing everything in your life that, you know what, I, I'm generous with everything in my life. Uh, and, and so Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, he says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, Jesus is encouraging us in so many places of, of, of Scripture, in so many places of life, to live generous lives. To live lives, in other words, that we're, we're generous with grace, we're generous with mercy, we're generous with forgiveness, we're, we're generous with, with our resources, our time, talent, and treasure. And listen, ju listen, just because there's an offense doesn't mean there needs to be an automatic rebuke. To where we understand this issue of grace and mercy and you read this verse, and it, it may sound like a lot of giving, 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 but, but Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. In other words, give and be free with your resources, and, and I, I will bless you. Jesus was suggesting that however you live your life, if you, and however open-handed you live your life and free you are with your resources, that Jesus promised that, you know what, uh, I'll bless you. In other words, you can't outgive God. Now listen, there, there's a counterfeit that we just got to understand. There's a counterfeit to giving, that is really that is really greed, and God is never going to uh, never going to uh, feed your greed in your life. And there's a counterfeit to giving, which is greed, which is this: I give to get. It's prosperity gospel. I, I, I give to get. The reason that I give, I give to get. I give to get back. But it's not only with money; it's also with relationships. In other words, this a counterfeit to mercy and this issue of generosity is 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 I I give to you to give something back. If, if I bless you, if I give a present to you, if I do something nice for you, if I do a favor for you, then you better thank me in the way in which I think you better show some appreciation because really and truly I am giving to, to get. Really and truly my motivation for blessing you, my motivation for giving to you is maybe so you'll change a behavior in your life, maybe so that you'll respond differently to me. And really and truly, see, see counterfeit giving is I'm giving to manipulate you, I'm giving to control you, I'm giving to get something back. But, but true generosity is this, I give to give. I give to bless. See, God blesses giving with the, the right heart. First uh, John 3, 17, the scripture says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in, in word or talk, but in deed, in truth. In other words, this issue of, of mercy, it, it, it's love in action. It's, it's, it's pity in action. It's, it's, it, you get involved in someone's life. When, when you come across someone in need, how do you respond? And how do you respond when, when, when someone's in need? 
how do you whether it's emotional whether it's whether it's physical or or, or whether it, whether it's financial how do you respond when you see someone in need how do you, how do you react how, how do you react in a church when when you see the needs of a church do you do you do you try to meet any of those needs how how does it cause you to respond because see mercy listen mercy doesn't just sympathize mercy does just doesn't see a a need and not do anything mercy is 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 this issue that that identifies a need and then and then acts. Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 35, he said, For I was hungry and, and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, the Christians, the righteous will, will, will answer him, saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see a stranger and welcome you or, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will, will answer them and say, Truly I say to you, as you did it for, for, for one of the, the least of these brothers, you, 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 did, it, you did it for me. And in fact, it is all through Scripture, Jesus talks about this issue of mercy. And Jesus talks about acts of kindness and acts of mercy that, that won't go unnoticed, that... that, 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 that that he will respond to it. And so one of, one of the ways that, that we're generous, of course, is, is, is our tithes and our offerings to, to the local church by supporting the church and, and tithes and offerings. You're supporting people in need. You're supporting the homeless and, and the various ministries that we do, not only in Pueblo, but, 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 all, but all, over, all over the world. And, but we should also, it shouldn't stop there. We should also have mercy on, on a personal b uh, basis to where when you encounter someone that's in your family or, or when it's someone that you work with and they're in need, that, that you know what, you're willing. You're, you're willing to open your house to someone. You're, you're willing to bless someone. You're willing to, to, to give someone some money that's in need or going through a struggle. Or, or you're, willing, you're willing to come alongside of someone at the risk of your reputation and even when it's, even when it's uncomfortable. Jesus talks about this issue about giving grace and mercy to people in, in Jesus. I mean, I, this last week, I just went through so many scriptures of trying to find every place where, where Jesus showed mercy and love. And, and it's amazing the number of places. In fact, is a lot of them I, 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 just had to, I just had to cut out of scripture. Uh, not cut out of scripture, I'm sorry, cut out of the sermon. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not altering scripture. It's always dangerous when I'm taking meds and preaching all at the same time. There's no telling what I'm going to say. I don't even know where I was now. I'm so <laughs> shook up. <laughs> yeah, cut it out. <laughs> but when we're compassionate and when we're showing mercy, we're following Christ's example. So the first thing is generosity. The second, second thing is this, this is, <coughs> is sensitivity. The second thing is this, is sensitivity. When we, when we just become sensitive to the, to the people around us, and, and, you know, and, a, and, a, and a counterfeit of this can be manipulation to where we can appear to be sensitive, but, but we're coming into this relationship to, to gain something or to, to get something. And so Jesus told a, told a parable, and he told a, a, about a man, and you know this parable by the, by the Good Samaritan, right? About and he tells this this parable about this man that was on his way to, to Jericho and and um, and all of a sudden he he was robbed and he was he was beaten and he was left on the side of the road dead and and then then three individuals come across this man and and you know what so many times when when I 
when I hear this message preached and when I hear people talk about the Good Samaritan, they talk about the, the types of people that they were, the, the priest and the Levite, and the Levite was like a seminary student, and then the, then the Samaritan. And, and, but, but today, I, I want to talk about it at a different level. I want to talk about the emotion. I want to get away from the personalities, and I, and I want to just dive into the story about how did the Good Samaritan show, show mercy. And so this man was like beaten, and he was robbed, and he's left on the side of the road. And then all of a sudden, a priest and a Levite comes up, and they see him, and, and it's awkward, right? And so who knows what's going on in their time? Scripture doesn't say. The robbers may have still been there. They may have thought the robbers were still hiding in a rock and that, that if they got involved, it, it could hurt them. They could be beaten and they could be robbed themselves. They may have been on the way that they had scheduled an important church event and a lot of people were depending on them. And so because of their schedule, there was just absolutely no way that they could stop. We don't know what's going on in, the, in their life. And so for whatever reason, the scripture talks about that all of a sudden they, they, they saw someone in need, they saw someone in a crisis, and for whatever reason they changed to the other side of the road. Now listen, they have the same emotion. In fact, is all three of these people have the same emotions that we have when we see someone in need. When you see someone in need, when you see someone go through a crisis, you're, you're going to have, have one of two emotions. You're either going to have empathy or distress. You're either going to see the person, you're going to have empathy. Empathy is like compassion in action to where you have empathy and, and you, you get involved at a risk to your reputation. It's awkward. You've got to change your schedule, all those other things. Or, or you're going to have distress. I mean, you're just not, you may not know what to do. It may be just awkward. And like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how. I, you ever been in that situation? You ever been in a situation to where you came across someone in, in need and, and maybe not beaten and robbed, maybe it was an emotional thing? You ever come across someone and they're going through a crisis in their life and it may be a good friend of yours, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a breakup, uh, whether they lost a job, was a financial issue in their life, maybe it was a bad medical report, maybe they started chemo, radiation, Maybe it was a loss of a child, loss of a parent. Maybe it was a horrendous traffic accident. And all of a sudden, see, you can be just like these players in this story, the priest, the Levite, and the good Samaritan. And all of a sudden, you're going to have, these, you're, you're going to have the same emotions. Empathy, do I get involved? Distress, and distress is, is, is just stressful. And what can go through your mind, and what can go through my mind, I'm no different. And what can go through your mind is, I... What would I even say to them? What would I even do for them? See, distress happens in our life when we just don't know what to do. People that have gone through tragedies will tell you, and I've talked to so many in, in ministry, will tell you that when I, when I got the doctor's report, when I lost my job, when I lost a marriage, when, 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 I, when I hit rock bottom in my life, and they say, you know, I, I get it, I understand had some friends that deeply loved me, but you know what, it, things got awkward. They didn't know what to say. And because they didn't know what to say, they distanced themselves from me. I tell you, this issue of mercy, we all got to, it can be awkward at times. And a lot of times we, a lot of times we think we should have all the answers. We should know what to tell them. Can I just tell you this? Just, just by being, see, 
just by being there. A, a counterfeit mercy is things that we do to make ourselves feel better, not them. We don't know that a lot of times. A counterfeit mercy is this. You'll get through this. Mercy will get through this. And we'll get through this together. And you're not alone. And I'll walk with you through this tragedy. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to say. I've never come up against this in my life. But I can tell you this. Mercy says I will come alongside of you. And we'll figure, we'll figure this out together. See, mercy is this issue that all of a sudden, it, it, it takes cues from the person it understands. See, mercy treats others as they want to be treated in the situation. And so Jesus tells his story. And then he tells his story that a Samaritan came by. Now, the Samaritan was interesting to the Jews because the Jews hated the Samaritans. And so Jesus was trying to make the, the Samaritan the hero of the story. And so he asked the question, he says, so, so who's his neighbor? The priest, the Levite, the Samaritan. The Samaritan that stopped and bandaged this guy up, put him on his donkey, took him into town, uh, checked him into the Holiday Inn Express, gave him his, his credit card and said, charge everything to, to my bill. And not only that, I'm going to pay for all of his medical expenses. So who was his neighbor? And you know what the hearer said? Well, his neighbor was the one that showed mercy. That was his neighbor. And Jesus says, you're exactly right, so go and just go and do likewise. You know why I think the, the Samaritan, and this, this is just me, so I just want to be clear about that. You know why I think the Samaritan was the one that stopped? Because the Samaritan knew what it was to suffer. The Samaritan knew what it was to hurt. The Samaritan knew what it was to go through tragedy something changes something changes in a person's life when they go through hurt and they go through pain and they go through suffering that it becomes easier for them to give mercy to another and maybe that priest and that levite had never never really gone through tragedy in their life had really never gone through real hurt in their life and we're, listen, we are surrounded with people. We may not have physical wounds and may not have physical bandages that we can see. Sometimes that's so much, so much easier. But they're carrying spiritual wounds or they're carrying emotional wounds. And, and maybe they've been robbed of their self-worth or their potential. And it's so easy to change to the other side of the road and just to pass by and ignore them instead of risking, but, but mercy. Mercy gets involved. Kind of a funny story of a lady that received a phone call from another lady, and so she picked up the phone, she said hello, and the caller on the other end, the lady, just immediately started talking and said, I understand that, that you're not feeling well, and so here's what I want you to do. I, don't lift a finger. I'm coming over. I'm going to make your beds. I'm going to do your laundry, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cook meals for you guys today, and so I, I just need to know one, t one thing. What time does Bill get home from work? And all of a sudden, later on the other end, it says, Bill. She says, yes, Bill, your husband. She says, I, my husband's not named Bill. My husband is John. Then all of a sudden, the lady realized, oh, no, I've got the wrong phone number. So she says, I am so sorry I have the wrong phone number. Then there's like this long pause, and the lady says, does that mean you're not coming over? <laughs> you know, every one, every one of us wants someone to get involved. Listen, wants someone to get involved in our life. Mercy 
It's just these acts, these acts of, of, of kindness. And I've heard, I've heard stories of, of people that were going through some, some tragic situations and tragic issues in their life. One lady was in a hospital room and her, her husband was moments away or, or had just passed away and, and they got word about that. And, and, and a lady, a friend of hers, drove down to the hospital and sent her a text message and says, hey, listen, I'm going to be in the lobby for the next two hours. If you need a friend, if you need a hug, if you need to come down and see me, that's fine. If not, I just want you to know I'm here for you. It's these acts of mercy to where we, we get involved. We understand. One lady once said that she went through a difficult deal in, in, in her, she went through a difficult deal in her life, and there was a friend that, that went through distress and kind of avoided her for like six months. And then she says, "I'll never forget the day when she just sent me a simple card, and the card started off says, "Hey, I'm really sorry, I haven't talked to you in a, a while. I just didn't know what to say." And she says, you know what, with that lady being vulnerable and authentic and real with her emotions, it was healing to me. And I told her, I said, you know what, you don't, you don't need to know what to say. I just, I just need you. I just need people around me. Mercy is this thing that we just, that we get. And listen, mercy, mercy transforms lives, right? Zacchaeus was, was, uh, was not a popular guy in his, in his community. Zacchaeus was, was a tax collector, and they were seen as evil in their days for a lot of reasons. And, and, and so Zacchaeus was not a popular guy. And Jesus was coming through Zacchaeus' town, and, and Zacchaeus was also a short man, and so he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. So Zacchaeus gets up in a tree, and Zacchaeus calls out to Jesus, says, Jesus, have, have, have like mercy on me. And Jesus, here's the cool part of the story, Jesus knew his name. And Jesus called his name, and Zacchaeus, he said, Zacchaeus, come down. And he says, I, I want to spend the day with you. That's mercy. Mercy is getting involved in someone's life, just spending the day with them. In fact, is Zacchaeus was transformed by the mercy that Christ showed him. Luke chapter 19, verse 8 says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore it fourfold. So so Zacchaeus became merciful because the mercy that Christ had showed him. The third thing is this is patience. The third thing is this is to where we show, we show patience to one, to one another. Now, now the, the counterfeit to, to patience is this issue of apathy. See, it, it, it can seem like someone's patient, but really and truly, you know what they are? They're apathetic. They're, they're ignoring the real issue. They're ignoring some behaviors. They're ignoring some actions. And so Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, not judgmentalness, gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of, of Christ. <coughs> in other words, the, the question for you and I is, when... When a Christian brother or sister, when a, when a Christian friend or when, when a Christian that you know stumbles and falls and does something they shouldn't do, how do you respond? Do you judge them? Do you ignore them? I mean, when, when you hear that story about someone that, that, that did something that they shouldn't have done, that something that was sin, how, how, do you, how do you respond? Someone said this, that we tend to judge others by their faults, but we judge ourselves by our best intentions, by our good heart. 
Listen, mercy is not quick to condemn another believer that has made a serious mistake. Mercy realizes none of us are perfect. Mercy realizes that we all have faults. We all have hang-ups. Mercy doesn't gloss over those, and we'll look at the, the counterfeit to this as e even deeper, but John chapter 8, Jesus is teaching, and then all of us in the Pharisees, they, they bring out this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And so Jesus is teaching. Now listen, these guys, it, it may appear on the service, this may be a little bit of mercy. They're, they're bringing this lady to Jesus after all. It wasn't mercy at all. She was a pawn. They were manipulating and controlling her because they wanted to trap Jesus. It had nothing to do with her. It had nothing to do with the Bible. It had nothing to do with the law of Moses. Now on the surface, it could look like mercy, but it wasn't mercy. And so they bring this lady out and they say, Jesus, they interrupt the service and they say, Jesus, this lady was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says that when this happened, she should be stoned. What do you say? And the scripture talks about Jesus bent down and started writing something in the dirt. We don't know what he was writing in the dirt, and I don't know that it really matters. I think what he was doing, he was trying to process out his emotions and his feelings. And so Jesus stands back up, and Jesus says, well, here's what I think, stoner. But ye who is without sin, you throw the first stone. And the scripture says that the Pharisees from the oldest to the youngest begin to walk away. And I think that's the reason that is the oldest were like the wisest. They got it. They understood. And Jesus bit, <coughs> he bent back down and then he stands up and he says, woman, where, where, where are your accusers? And she looks around and he says, no one. And he says, well, neither, neither do I condemn you. Mercy is able to separate behavior from person. Mercy is also, <coughs> mercy is also founded on, on truth. Because Jesus didn't gloss over her sin. Jesus didn't act like her sin didn't exist. Jesus told her, go and sin no more. In other words, this, mercy is able to separate behavior out from person. So many times we, we use shame language and we, we don't even realize it. So many times we use shame language to try to control people and we make people feel like, excuse me, I'm we make people feel like that because of my action, I'm a bad person. You're a bad mom, you're a bad dad, you're a bad child, you're a bad husband, you're a bad wife, you're a bad employee, you're a bad employer. Because of your action, you're a bad person. That's why I think the Catholic confession is so healthy. It is, Father, forgive me, for, for I have, have, have sinned, instead of, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner. In other words, it separates out this issue of, of behavior and character, this behavior in, in person. See, shame language destroys a person. Shame language makes an individual feel small and worthless because of the act or because of what I've done. And as a result of that, it never brings healing. Shame language... Makes, per makes, person, makes person feel like that because of what I did, I'm a horrible person. But mer mercy does not gloss over sin. It doesn't pretend, pretend it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't say well, what you did is like no big deal, so let's move on. It deals with that. That's why Psalm 85.10 says, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before, before your, your Lord. 
In other words, with this issue of mercy, and I know it's complicated, and I know there's, there is a tension there. But the scripture says they can be joined together and there's peace and they can kiss. And so I know that there's a balance between mercy and truth. Remember King David's son, Absalom, killed his, killed his half-brother, Amnon. So there's like dysfunction in the family. David like does nothing. David doesn't even have a conversation with Absalom. Like you can't go around killing your brothers and sisters. He doesn't even have a, it, it, so you, you may look and say, well, that's patience and, and that was mercy. No. That's apathy. And, and as a result, they had like this elephant in the, in the room. Here's what I learned about an elephant in the room, and I don't know why we say the elephant in the room, because here's what I've learned. That elephant in your room, that elephant in your living room, that elephant in your house, that elephant in your relationships, it will follow you around. It'll affect you everywhere you go. And David never had a conversation with his son. And he never had a conversation, and he never talked about the issue that was happening. And as a result, the family fell apart. The last thing, the way that we express mercy is, is forgiveness. And the counterfeit, this one's the easiest, the counterfeit, counterfeit of forgiveness is, is unforgiveness or revenge. And a lot of times this is where mercy gets really difficult. Because if you're carrying unforgiveness this morning, if you're, if, if, you're, if you're nursing a grudge, if you're nursing a hurt, if you're nursing a pain, then you know what? When you come into this service, you do not want to hear about mercy and you do not want to hear about forgiveness. You know what you want to hear about? Revenge. And how do, how do I get even? How do I, how do I settle the score? And if you're nursing a, a grudge, I'm just telling you, it just affects you in so many areas of your life to where you will never really be able to show mercy and grace to anyone because you you're carrying this unforgiveness. There's this story in Matthew chapter 18 that Jesus tells about this unmerciful servant. This unmerciful, unmerciful servant owned a, owed a king over $20 million. The king brings him in for payment, and the guy says, hey, if you just give me enough time, I'll pay you back. But it was a debt larger than this guy could pay. And so the king's, and, and so he, lit, and he pleaded for mercy. This guy just pleads for mercy. The king was so moved by the guy's plea for mercy that he, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll wipe the debt away. Just go and live. And the guy leaves. And he comes across, just moments later, he comes across a guy that owed him 20 bucks. And the guy says the same speech that this man had previously said to the king. He said, if you just give me enough time, I'll pay you back. And this guy says no, and he begins to choke him, and he, and he throws him in prison. And so the king hears about this. And the king goes to the unmerciful servant and says, because you did not show mercy because you did not forgive a debt that you could have forgiven, I forgave you a debt that you could never pay, that I'm going to throw you in jail, and this is so important, and I'm going to throw you in jail for your torment. Listen, let me tell you something. When you have unforgiveness, when you're nursing a grudge, when you want revenge, you are in a prison, whether you, emotional prison, whether you know it or not, that is tormenting you. If someone says something looks like, think something, if a situation looks like what you've gone through before and there's unforgiveness there, it will come out in unhealthy ways. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother in your heart. Remember when we started this off, forgive and it will be given to you. It's this issue of sowing and reaping. Listen, when we come to church and we pray, and it's a dangerous prayer when we, when we have unforgiveness and we want revenge and we say, Father, forgive me. And we're unwilling to forgive others. That's why Ephesians 4.32 says, 
Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. Mercy that will forgive will have great power in someone's life. And God is full of mercy and kindness. James says in James 2.13, For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, as I so wrote this message, and as I've preached it now, this is the third service, I've, all, I've just had this burden, I've just had this thought. There's so many times when we talk about mercy and forgiveness, it's always outward what we could give. And, and some of you here this morning, you may need to practice self-mercy. It may not even deal with another individual. There may be something in your past that you, you're carrying and you've never been able to show yourself mercy. You've never been able to forgive yourself of, of something that you've done. And maybe today, maybe your issue is not with someone else. Maybe it's with yourself. And you need to practice self-mercy. Because we got a God that is loving and kind and desires to show you mercy the same way that he shows everybody else.